Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. This is episode six, and today's topic is SBAs, or the Small Business Administration's 8A program. As always, if you enjoy this podcast and found it useful, please subscribe and review the podcast. So what is the 8A program? The 8A Business Development Program was created through the Small Business Act to assist eligible small disadvantaged businesses to compete in an American's economy through business development. The program has a limited term of nine years from the date of certification. It also has to maintain its eligibility during the tenure in the program. The business must perform SBA of any changes that would adversely affect its program eligibility. The program term may be shortened by termination, early graduation, or voluntary withdrawal. Let's talk about the program requirements. The applicant must meet the basic requirements for admission into the 8A program. It has to be a small business that is unconditionally owned and controlled by one or more socially and economically disadvantaged individuals who are of good character and citizens of and residing in the United States, and the applicant can demonstrate potential for success. Small business. So how do you know if you are a small business? Well, the Small Business Administration, SBA, determines whether a business is large or small. They will only make the determination if there is a size protest on a government contract. Luckily, They have the regulations that can help us determine if we are a large or small business. I will not go into the specifics at this time, but if you want more information, you can research Title 13 of the Code of Federal Regulations, also known as CFR, Section 121. So there are basically two ways that SBA may determine the size of a business. The first is by calculating the average number of employees over a 12-month period. The other way is the three-year average of gross receipts. Which method that SBA will use will depend on whether your business is a service-based business or a manufacturing-based business. If you are a service-based business, then SBA will use the three-year average of gross receipts. If you are a manufacturing business, then SBA will use the average number of employees over a 12-month period. SBA determines your size based upon your North America Industry Classification Code, also known NAITS codes for short. Each NAITS code will have its own number associated with it. For example, if you are a general contractor with a NAITS code of 236-220, then your three-year gross receipts needs to be below $36.5 million. However, if you're an electrical contractor with a NAITS code of 238-210, then your three-year average receipts has to be below $15 million. So now that we know that, we can go on to the next requirement. Socially disadvantaged. Social disadvantaged individuals are those who have been subject to racial or ethnic prejudice or cultural bias within American society because of their identities as members of groups and without regard to their individual qualities. The social disadvantage must stem from circumstances beyond their control. There is a rebuttaled presumption that the following individuals are socially disadvantaged. Black Americans... Hispanic Americans, Native Americans, 
Asian Pacific Americans, subcontinent Americans, and members of other groups designated from time to time by SBA. If an individual is not a member of one of these designated groups, they may still qualify if they can establish individual social disadvantage by a preponderance of the evidence. The corroborating evidence to support his or her claims of social disadvantage must state the following elements. At least one objective distinguishing feature that has contributed to social disadvantage, such as race, ethnic origin, gender, physical handicap, long-term residence in an environment isolated from mainstream of American society, or other similar causes not common to individuals who are not socially disadvantaged. The individual's social disadvantage must be rooted in treatment which he or she has experienced in American society, not in other countries. The individual's social disadvantage must be chronic and substantial, not fleeting or insignificant, and the individual's social disadvantage must have negatively impacted his or her entry or advancement in the business world. SBA will consider any relevant evidence in assessing this element, including experiences related to education, employment, and business history. Let's talk about education. SBA will consider fact- factors as denial of equal access to institution of higher, in- higher education, exclusion from social and professional association with students or teachers, denial of educational honors rightfully earned, and social patterns or pressures which discourage the individual from pursuing a profession or business education. Factors of unequal treatment in hiring, promotions, or other aspects of professional advancement, pay and French benefits, and other terms and conditions of employment. Retaliatory or discriminatory behavior by an employer, or social patterns or pressures which have channeled the individual into non-professional or non-business related fields. Now let's discuss the next requirement, which is economically disadvantaged. And I should say you have to meet both. You have to be socially disadvantaged and economically disadvantaged for this program. Economically disadvantaged individuals who are socially disadvantaged individuals whose ability to compete in the free enterprise system has been impaired due to diminished capital and credit opportunities as compared to others in the same or similar line of business who are not socially disadvantaged. That's the basic claim. So how does SBA determine that? By your net worth. For your initial 8A BD eligibility, the net worth of the individual claiming disadvantage must be less than $250,000. For continued eligibility after admission into the program, the net worth must be less than $750,000. And in determining net worth, SBA will exclude the ownership interest in the applicant or participant and the equity in the primary personal residence. Funds invested in an individual retirement account, funds invested in an individual retirement account, or other official retirement account that are unavailable to an individual until retirement age without a significant penalty will be cannot be considered in determining an individual's net worth. So in other words, if you have an IRA, they're going to exclude that much from your net worth. Let's go for an example. Your business equity is $250,000. 
the equity in your home, home, your portion, remember it's your portion, so if you own it with your wife and she's not a member of the business, or if you own it with your husband, if your husband owns the house directly, then that would not be included, so you would have to split it for spouses. And then you got retirement income of 50000 so your un- unadjusted net worth is 500000 You're going to take out the business equity of 250000 that equals 250000 Less equity in the home at twenty five thousand. That brings us down to two hundred and twenty five thousand. Less year IRA of fifty thousand brings you down to one hundred and seventy five thousand. So you would now be eligible for the program. Personal income. If your individual's adjusted gross income average over the last three years preceding submission of the eight A application exceeds two hundred and fifty thousand, SBA will assume the applicant is not economically disadvantaged continued eligibility, this number is 350000 So what's that mean? That means that you cannot have more than 250000 averaged out over a three-year period. So you're going to have to take less. Most people don't have a problem with that. Unconditionally owned by one or more disadvantaged individuals. The applicant or participant must be at least 51% unconditionally and directly owned by one or more socially and economically disadvantaged individuals who are citizens of the U.S. Ownership by one or more disadvantaged individuals must be direct. An applicant or participant owned principally by another business entity or a trust that is in turn owned and controlled by one or more disadvantaged individuals doesn't meet that requirement. Now let's talk about control. SBA deems as control is not the same thing as ownership, although they both reside with the same person. SBA regards control as including both the strategic policy setting exercised by a board of directors and the day-to-day management and administration of business operations. An applicant or participant management and daily business operations must be conducted by one or more disadvantaged individuals. The applicant or participant must be managed on a full-time basis by one or more disadvantaged individuals who possesses requisite management capabilities. A disadvantaged full-time manager must hold the highest officer position and be physically located in the U.S. One or more disadvantaged individuals who manage the applicant or participant must devote full-time to the business during the normal working hours of firms in the same or similar line of business. Potential for success. This is the number one reason that I have seen most applicants not qualify been meeting the potential for success. The applicant must possess reasonable prospects for success in competing in the private sector if admitted into the program. To do so, it must be in the business in its primary industry classification code for at least a full two years immediately prior to the date of its application, unless a waiver for this requirement is granted. I have had more than one former 8A firm tell me they wish they would have delayed their entry into the program until they had sufficient workflow to sustain them while they marketed their 8A status to federal agencies. It is ultimately your business decision to make, but holding off until you have a regular workflow is probably a good idea. Other requirements. You have to have a good character. You can't be on the debarred or suspended list. If you don't know what the debarred or suspended list, it's a list that the government has for people that have done things that are not ethical, and it's a list that's maintained by the government. You must maintain and have business integrity. You cannot be currently incarcerated or on parole or probation. 
There is a one-time eligibility for the business and a one-time eligibility for the applicant. It must be current with your financial obligations to the federal government to include tax liens or defaults on federal loans or federally assisted financing. Now is a good time to bring up the fact that there are tribally owned Alaskan Native corporations called ANCs and Native Hawaiian organizations, NHOs, and these will not be discussed during this podcast. We have discussed the eligibility requirements for the program. Now let's discuss the reasons why you might want to apply for the program. So what are the benefits? Sole source contract awards with no competition up to $4 million for services and $6.5 million for manufacturing businesses. 8A competitive requirements above the $4 million threshold, limited to only 8A companies. You can receive management and technical assistance, including business training, counseling, marketing assistance, and high-level executive development. You're assigned a business opportunity specialist, that is an SBA employee, to help you navigate the federal marketplace. You can form joint ventures with established businesses through a mentor-protege program. So this has been a brief introduction to the 8A program. If you would like more information, you can go to sba.gov website or contact your local SBA office for a workshop on the 8A program. Next week, we are going to discuss how to get most out of your 8A program. If you enjoyed the information provided in today's broadcast, please rate and subscribe. For program notes, please go to federalcontractingmadeeasy.com. Till next week, be safe.